Three, welcome to Bear With Me. I'm Doug Gilbert from Hop Stuff Brewery. Uh, here we are recording in Taproom SEA. Here on this podcast we're going to chat beer and what the hell it's all about. And uh, each week I'm going to have, well, each time I'm going to have a different guest somehow involved with beer. And we're going to ask questions and, and drink the beer and figure it all out. Uh, today we have Andy Thorburn from the Craftwork podcast. He's got a new podcast coming out soon. Yeah. Uh, welcome Andy, how are you going? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. It's, um, it's great to finally get down to this tap room though. Um, it's a fantastic venue. Taproom SE8? Yeah. Taproom yeah. SE8 in Deptford? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, well, it's good to have you here. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's good to see you. We've seen you before and we'll, we'll get to that uh, right now, in fact. Uh, so what is your business with craft beer? Right. Um, uh, so currently, I, well, I've just um, become free from my previous job. So I was hosting um, the Craftwork podcast. I'm probably going to carry on doing that. Um, when, which is a podcast, uh, sort of long, deep dive interviews with the uh, with people behind the beer businesses, sort of more business focused, um, sort of addressing specific challenges in these sort of long form interviews. Um, and I was doing that with um, Hallway Studios, so they're a digital marketing agency uh, that specialises in craft beer. Sweet. How many episodes have you guys had? Um, I think uh, we're sitting at 14 interview episodes and then a couple of other sort of taken from events that we ran um, and are still running. Yeah. Sweet. I mean, I don't want to ask who your favorite person you've interviewed is, but <laughs> is, is it someone... Uh, really... it, it, it's quite, it, yeah, it's quite a simple um, decision. And that is uh, from episode one, which was Pete Brown, mm. um, beer writer, uh, not Forest Road, Pete Brown, okay. um, but Pete Brown, beer writer, um, who was at the time just releasing his one of his latest books, um, which sort of investigated all the ingredients of beer. So they were, and he, number, firstly, he's an incredible uh, person, and he's got an incredibly, like, um, prestigious personality when it comes across like his, his experience in craft beer and just beer in general. Um, yeah. And it was possibly the easiest recording because he literally just didn't stop speaking. All right, which sweet. is fantastic. Makes your job easy. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it sounds like he kind of owns the room. Yeah, yeah, and I think that he does that when wherever he is. All right, because he's just like yeah, he's always got a great story to tell. So yeah, I'd recommend listening to that one. Sweet, man. It sounds like you care a lot about beer. I mean, my key question for you is. Is why 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 do you care about beer? Yeah. It is like a, it, it's a, it's an interesting yeah I know it's why? an interesting question I guess it is. Um, I think it was like when I was uh, working in bars, um, and I was drinking Beck's tops. That was my drink, which is this the most ridiculous what, beer in the world. What's Beck's tops? So a pint of Beck's beer with a splash of. Um, Lemonade in it. That's what the tops means? Yeah, a top. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, which was basically just like sweet piss. Yeah, it sounds quite shit. <laughs> um, so, what, <laughs> so, so, what's and, the next chapter in that story? Yeah, so that, and then I discovered craft beer and was kind of like, shit, there's a lot more to, to beer than like what I had imagined at all. Because I was just like, yeah, you either see it like German beer and you get like American beer, and then that's the beer. But okay. no, there's obviously so much more, and um, and it was like just intriguing to hear that there was a whole world that I didn't know 
where were you at that time? Was this uh, still Cape no, Town? No, no. So the, I had actually just moved over to to London. Yeah. So um, yeah. when that happened, and I was like, um, so Cape Town and South Africa, um, while they've got like a really interesting craft beer scene at the moment, and some really good beers coming out of there, but um, like. When, so I, when I moved here six years ago, I had never experienced any other beer other than, you know, um, SAB Miller, AB Inbev, yeah. like, piss. Well, poor old, yeah. poor old Cape Town. I'm glad that South Africa's uh, caught up with the play. It's great that England's catching up with the play. Yeah. Our listeners can probably <laughs> tell that uh, neither Andy nor myself are from England. Uh, yeah. But in New Zealand, that's a, it's a little bit ahead of where it is at the moment in the UK. And the UK is coming along beautifully. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the final question I had for you, Andy, was uh, how you've been involved with hop stuff. How the hell do you know who we are? Yeah, so, so with the podcast, actually, um, was I decided that I wanted to kind of feature um, a brewery that knew something about crowdfunding, um, which I believe like hop stuff might know something about. Hop stuff knows about crowdfunding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I kind of um, yeah reached out to James, um, hop stuff founder, obviously. Um, and yeah, sat down at, with you. That yeah. yeah. Hashtag James Yeomans. Yeah. And recently he spoke at the. Uh... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so yeah, sat down in um, in tap room number one, which was in Woolwich. Yeah. Arsenal. Yeah. No, I mean you interviewed James. Yeah. For for the podcast, and then he also spoke at the Growth Club. Yeah, exactly. Well. Yeah. So yeah, so that um, so the podcast episode was really interesting and got a lot, some some great listens to and just kind of. Um, got James speaking for ages on crowdfunding and then then sort of last week yeah last week or not going to date the podcast (laughs) 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 sometime in the past um, James (laughs) we've confused everyone yeah (laughs) timelines oh god no, I'll release this tomorrow. There will yeah, be no cool. editing. Sweet. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so James spoke at, our, at, a, at a crowdfunding event that we had um, in the past recently, um, which kind of uh, had three different guest speakers speaking about uh, crowdfunding and the, sort of the intricacies of that and how to do it effectively, uh, which is obviously something that you guys just did with um, Funding 3. Yeah, Hop Stuff has gone through its third round of funding, which has been pretty successful. Um, just about getting 200% of our target so that's it's a very happy day so you're the did you hit 200? The, uh, almost 200% yeah. yeah so about 180 190 um, so that's pretty good news I think you had the right person speaking yeah at an event about crowdfunding for sure yeah um, um, I actually yeah. ended up investing myself in yeah oh, thanks <laughs> thanks for that they'll keep yeah. the lights on and um, keep my wages coming through so I really appreciate that <laughs> Uh, so thanks for that introduction, Andy. I feel like we really know who you are at the moment. Uh, next thing we're going to move on to is is a core part of the Bear With Me podcast, and that is the beers to share. Yeah. So every time that I get a guest like yourself on, we're going to have a beer at uh, my recommendation, then have a beer at your recommendation. We're going to talk about those beers, have a little chit-chat, yeah, um, and, and see what we think about them, see if we can figure anything out over a few philosophical questions. So what we have in front of us at the moment is a delicious yummy pint of Woody Barrelson barrel-aged porter at 7.4% ABV. So um, it's a, if you go onto Hopstuff's uh, social channels or the website, you'll be able to find the artwork for this, which is pretty amazing, done by quite good cards. 
Yeah, it's just a little uh, picture of Woody, so they, they Woody Harrelson. Did, they also did another beer of yours. They did Freudian strip of ours yeah. as well. They're very funny dudes and really, really grateful that they could contribute yeah. to, to our branding. Um, but please don't anyone tell Woody Harrelson because I'm not that sure that we could actually do that. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, tell me what you see in front of you. I mean, uh, what do you think of this this beer? And listeners, please imagine as Andy describes this beer to you. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I, I think it's important to to note the setting around it as well. So we've got pizza being made in the tap room just over there, which is the wafting across here, which um, is bringing this delicious black velvet caramel pints here. Yeah, it's also worth noting that. Just as we decided to start recording, uh, a delivery arrived, and so there's heaps of uh, thumping yeah. and crashing going on in the background, as yeah. well as the smell of pizza. Um, but it's dark, it's rich, it's full on. Yeah, it really is, and but it's not like the the, the aging kind of takes away that sort of um, like strong bitterness, bones bitterness that you kind of get with stouts um, or dark beers, porters. But it's um, yeah, it kind of. Just makes it a bit more rounded, which I really, I'm really enjoying it. It's my first time actually tasting this beer. And yeah, it's great. But also the name, fantastic name. What, uh, what inspired that? Uh, well, I was, I was working with uh, the quite good cards guy, and we wanted to do a second beer with them, and we already knew what the beer was. Yeah. And we wanted a, a name that maybe had a reference to a celebrity that also described the beer and the key thing about the beer is that it's been aged in burgundy barrels for 12 months right so it's um, when it came to celebrities there's there's not one that has two references to wood in their name other than Woody Barrelson <laughs> right, or Woody yeah. Harrelson yeah. change it to Woody Barrelson <laughs> and by gum you've got a great idea of what this uh, what the key thing about this beer is the special thing about it is it's been sitting around for a year yeah so it, it, and the, the burgundy barrels do wonders Mmm, yes they do. So I've, I quite like this beer because we, we brought it out in November last year. Yeah. Um, so since then it's actually smoothened out a wee bit. It's a little bit less sharp. When it first came out it just about knocked you off your seat. But at the moment it's, um, it's chilled out, it's a wee bit more drinkable and you can fang it a little bit more back. But uh, not too much because it's, it's very rich and full on. It's like having pudding. I, I wish I had a bowl of ice cream with me at the moment. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, Definitely, I think there there are some breweries that are doing ice cream beers with, uh, yeah. Yeah, but have you had a dark beer with a bowl of ice cream? I don't think I, I don't think I have. You got to do it. That's a lie. That's a blatant lie. Yeah. Oh, well, that's what I expected. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have. I think I um, back in um, in in previous days I had um, in a previous life I was selling beer um, and one of the beers that I sold was a stout. Um, and I did a lot of food um, pairing evenings and meet the brewer events with that. Um, and definitely, yeah, I think dark beers do go really nicely with dessert. Absolutely. Um, yeah, get a, get a big bowl of vanilla ice cream and maybe a little bit of chocolate pudding. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, also, and I, like, this is my favorite dessert pairing when it comes to beers, is um, uh, salted caramel like tart, uh, what does that sal- go with? salted caramel chocolate tart or something like that. Um, yeah, salted caramel tart um, with like a really dark, bitter, robust, barrel-aged beer. Really? Yeah, it's Salt- absolutely delicious, and it's like 
I think it's got something to do with the saltiness that, that comes with yeah. the caramel, just like contrasting with the sort of bitter, but also like backed up with a lot of sweetness in the, in the tarts. Like it's actually like. I'm disappointed that you didn't mention this earlier. Now yeah. I feel like. <laughs> Yeah, I, feel I like we could have been eating this now. Yeah, I, 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 I'm sort of, yeah, screaming for it now. Well, I recommend to anyone listening that they pause the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and get yourself one of these beers now. Sprint out, get yeah. yourself a dark beer, preferably Woody Barrelson. Mm. Uh, some salted caramel treats, yeah. um, a big bowl of ice cream, and just sit down and have a have a bloody good night. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got a few more questions for you, Andy. Yeah, cool. Um, one of these, uh, one of these is about uh, what I call desert island frothies. Yeah. De- so, yeah. Frothy Explain is, frothies to me. Frothy is a term I'm trying to really launch. Yeah, I've noticed. And in, in the region, I've I've tried to put on our social media a wee bit. I, I think that they're just calling them beers or jars is enough. I, I like a, <laughs> a frothy or a frosty tube. Mm. And I think that we can um, we can be a bit more creative with what we uh, what we're drinking so often. Yeah. So this is called Desert Island Frothies. Yeah. And if I was to put to you that you were to be sent to a desert island, uh, I'd like to ask what three beers or frothies you'd take with you. It's and um. Why would you take those beers? It's one of the worst to sit, like questions you could ever ask a beer lover. Because <laughs> I think there's yeah the last beer and pretty much the only beer that you could carry on drinking but then you've obviously I mean like I've had some fantastic sours but could I only ever yeah. drink that beer is questionable um, so so you can take me through your process if you want like if there was a process that happened like you had to choose a, oh, yeah. a sour and yeah I it was a, a, a long debate I think um, so I think yeah I'm still going in between two or three now as well, oh, well cut, cut the bullshit let's just get, <laughs> get so um, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale because it is, mm. um, it's just like a classic sort of it, um, West Coast pale ale. Yeah, um, so it's a classic for a reason, one of those kind of... Yeah, and you know, like, it's it's um, it's one of the beers that you can get in Tesco. Well, let's face it, you're probably going to die on the Cezanne. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're going to so, have to have something a little bit sessionable. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think that, like it's just kind of like a, a very easy go-to craft beer. Um, and but then there's also and um, I've kind of forgotten what this beer tastes like because you can't get it here is uh, Dogfish Heads 60 Minute IPA which is also very similar to that sort of um, uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale um, but sort of very easy to go to um, like just delicious beer that he's con- like so Dogfish they- Head IPA yes 60 Minute okay yeah. okay it's a long name yeah um, where's that brewery from so they're in um, Milton, Delaware. Um, okay. Yeah, so they're one of the... Um, also kind of came out um, around sort of the same time as uh, Sierra Nevada, um, from what I can remember. Um, but I had... Uh, so when I was working with um, Charles Wells selling beer, um, they did a collaboration with Dogfish Head. Oh, sweet. Called, with 60-minute IPA. Um, in particular, that particular beer. Um, and they had sort of combined 60-minute IPA with uh, Charles Wells' sort of traditional English casket IPA, um, which was Eagle IPA. Um, and it, it kind of, it wasn't the right beer for Dogfish Head to be kind of 
bringing over to the UK and launching themselves with because I think that Charles Wells who was subsequently being bought by Masters um, they kind of didn't really fit into what Dogfish Head was all about so it was a really interesting collaboration. So collaboration. So I, yeah, it was it was a really weird one, and um, I like, think well, like Budweiser collaborating with Beaver Hill, Beaver Town. Sorry. Yeah, Beaver yeah, Town. yeah. It kind of like that sort of. Um, or I suppose like like if Green King was collaborating with Mikella, like you yeah. wouldn't. It's it's not sort of a collaboration. Be, be awkward. No one's going to be happy with that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like be like two people. Uh, making sweet love to Bertha, a freak. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's <laughs> that's exactly. It's it. just not compatible. Yeah, they should, it just have, never, they yeah. should have never done that. They no, have. but but what I'm very should, happy about that came out of they that. They should have stopped at one bottle of wine and yeah, and not kept on going. <laughs> for, for God's sake, use contraception. Yeah. But in this particular occasion, it, it worked out. It worked out because well, the, the the sort of silver lining on that was that I got it, it introduced to Dogfish Head, um, and then Sam Calagione, who is um, founded founder of Dogfish Head, um, is also he's a bit of a legend. He's got a, he's had his own TV show. He um, he's quite vocal about sort of crafts um, and the anti AVM Bev brigade that he leads. Mm. Um, so he's really involved with the Rose Association as well, and he's he's just an all around sort of craft beer legend um, in the States and pretty much around the world oh, sweet he'll probably but, uh, be the next guest on this thing. yeah there we go yeah, yeah definitely yeah. <laughs> so but yeah managed to, to, to I, um, as part of that sort of journey with DNA um, the he came over and did a whole bunch of series of talks but um, and I sat down with him and had some beers and just kind of picking his brain on like how did you make one of the most iconic craft breweries in the world which was just really interesting. Oh yeah, it seems like there's probably a couple of quick tips and just on, yeah. on your way. Exactly, and he actually, I've got a book. He wrote a book as well, which is uh, and he can write. Yeah, sweet genius. Yeah, I know, um, but yeah, so it's so a 60 minute IPA and Sierra Nevada, um, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Mate, there's two beers. I asked you for three. Um, I, I will push for this third beer. And what are you going to take for this? Oh, you're going to have something a little bit special. Yeah, and it is um, a collaboration. Brew um, between uh, a brewery from my hometown, Devil's Peak um, Brewing Company, um, who are um, South Africa's highest-rated brewery on rate beer. Um, so they kind of they're doing some incredible things, but they are brewing Mikella's beers in South Africa, um, and they did a collaboration called Copenhagen. Oh, um, Copenhagen oh, is that is very clever. Yeah, it is. It is, and it's. Um, it's a um, Copenhagen is a city that's really close to my heart. Um, my girlfriend is from South Sweden, which is we so we fly into Copenhagen. We just take the train across the bridge, the famous bridge from the TV show. I don't know if you've seen the TV show. Apparently, I've never seen it, but I know that it's a bridge, and I've crossed the bridge many times. I've crossed uh, other yeah. famous bridges. Yeah, there so we go. I, L- London Bridge. Have you emotionally, yeah. it's uh, <laughs> yeah. on par. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean Auckland Harbour bridges. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's pretty good as well. Yeah, I've never ventured. Uh, Ventured sort of to the Middle Earth, but hey, he's up. <laughs> um, no, yeah. So the, um, the the Copenhagen is a New England IPA uh, style, um, and it's got the South African flag on it. Oh, and it's got the, the Danish flag on it, which I don't really care too much about, but I like the beer. Oh. And it was um, they, they've only sort of released it in. Um, 
South Africa, and I drank a fair bit of it when I was there. That's the best way to enjoy a beer. Yeah. Um, in my experience, at least. Yeah, and, and Cape Town is a bit like a desert island. <laughs> what? Uh, I'm, I'm yet to go to uh, Cape Town as well, so I won't get mad at you for um, <laughs> ignoring my home, home country. It's definitely on the list. Um, so you've got these three beers, yeah. uh, these three frothies on this desert island. Um, only one more question is, like, who would you bring from the 1995 Rugby World Cup winning <laughs> Springboks team? Um, yeah, it, it is a, it, it's a great question, and I'm kind of torn between Chester Williams. Thank you, thank you. No, I'll first, <laughs> first of all, I just want to thank you for that kind compliment yeah. about my question. I, I would be disappointed if you did not bring up rugby when... There's, there's, there's a, a Kiwi in a, a, Kiwi in a, a South African, African speaking, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the 95 um, winning squad, just important to reiterate that. Um, I said winning. Yeah, okay. Just, just thought I'd mention that again. Um, <laughs> but, um, just yeah, the so, twice they've won. Yeah. <laughs> Some other team has won three times, but it's not a big deal. There's, there's another team that's only won it once, and uh, we all laugh at them. Yeah. Yeah, no more subscribers to this uh, podcast. <laughs> um, but yes, it was between Chester Williams being sort of the first sort of really prominent black South African um, player um, to really break through the old regime. Um, but then it's also tie, like tough to decide whether to bring uh, US Van Verstaysen back, who was an absolute legend. Um, who yeah, passed away recently? Yeah, because he yeah. had a specific illness. Yeah, motor neurons disease. Yeah, the same as uh, wheelchair-bound English scientist. Yes, um, Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking. Yeah, same situation. Yeah, so he, yeah. Um, yeah, he was obviously like one of our top ever try scorers. Um, he was an incredible scrum half. I'm a small dude, so I can relate to him. Um, and, but I think, yeah, he was an absolute, like, legend of South African rugby. Um, yeah. yeah, you didn't really hear too much about Chester Williams. He didn't have any debilitating illnesses after his career. And I think that really, um, I think that's yeah. a good reason not to choose him. A little bit racist, <laughs> but that's what you get with a South African guy, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean it. Yeah. I, I don't mean it. Good. Um, uh, how about this? Uh, what was the first beer you remember actually enjoying? Like, after... Because I have always drunk beer, but only because I knew I absolutely had to if I am a man. Yes, yeah, um, that was very much sort of... I'm glad that in New Zealand had that sort of um, societal pressures. Absolutely. I mean, as a, as a teenager, I knew it was important to drink beer if I was ever going to be an adult man. Yeah. Um, so. Okay, whoops. Uh, accidentally stopped recording at that point. But don't worry, it starts again right now. Uh, we were talking about beers that you remember actually oh, yes. enjoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. First time you enjoyed a, a beer. Well, yeah. drank a beer, but first time you enjoyed a beer. Um, so, I think that there's two levels of enjoying a beer. I think you can have... Um, Not just getting steamed. Yeah, like an ice cold... That's enjoyable. An ice cold castle light on a beach in 36 degree heat in Cape Town is fantastic and you can really enjoy that but enjoying the flavor though but that's it yeah and what's that yeah what's that little flavor exactly and the first and yeah i 100 percent remember the first time i tried it i had a beer that had proper flavor um and it was dale's pale ale um 
and it was by Scarborough um, there in, in the States as well. And um, Dale's Pale Ale, I was in a training session for a, a restaurant group that I worked for um, briefly. And it, that was just before I decided to move into beer. And then I tasted that beer, Dale's Pale Ale, and it was like mind blowing. And that's when I was like, shit, like holy but shit, there's a lot more. What was mind blowing about it? That, firstly, I'd never had a beer described to me as like um, aromatic and you know with a strong aroma, with like bitterness to it. It was I thought like beer was just like you know like uh, the different types of beers that I'd had were German style. So it was like yeah. a, maybe a, a Weiss or a Weizen or. Um, so you didn't know that beer could taste like so that. So I didn't. I'd never tasted a pale ale. Yeah. Um, so that was the first time I tasted a pale ale, and it was like um, okay, right. So the hops that we hear so much about in like TV adverts, like from global conglomerates. They say they put those hops in them. <laughs> Not sure if I quite believe them. So essentially there's more to this drink. But then, the, yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, I've always knew, right, okay, cool. So you get um, pills and malt, um, and then you get um, SARS hops, and then that's it. <laughs> you know, and that was what mass media had told me. That's all you need to know. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, so today's Pale Ale, American hops and all that, um, with some really good, like, sort of caramelly malts, um, just perfectly balanced yeah. beer, um, and it just completely, like, yeah, I, I didn't, firstly, I, I fell in love with the story of Scar Brewing as well, which I thought was really interesting. Just like the fact, I mean, it was nothing special. Where was just, Scar Brewing from? Um, they're from the States somewhere. I'm not 100% yeah. sure. Um, but they, uh, yeah, it was just like the fact that there were some like really cool guys that were making beer. But as I always thought it was, there's um, a really big investment banking firm that has a lot of beers. Um, yeah, who would have a brewery that started by someone in banking? What? Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> I think that's an interesting point you bring in, though, because it is the story. Yeah, exactly. And, and who, who thought that, that would count for so much? But yeah. I think that it's quite an important thing about craft beer is the story about it. You kind of want to know where it's where it's brewed and who it's brewed by. And yeah, exactly. And why I think they're doing that? Why yeah. are you doing this? Yeah, and I, it was something that actually I, I enjoyed coming uh, from from James uh, when I interviewed him for the podcast. It yeah. was that uh, he was just like, um, at least this is what he told me, was that he was sick of like craft beer being like this whole stigmatized thing where, you know, you've got to be ultra cool and um, sort of, you know, wearing hipster glasses and stuff, you know. Sweet, so Andy's having a go at my glasses. <laughs> but I know, I know what you're talking about, it's uh, typical situation where it's like early adopters can yeah. sometimes alienate the rest of the population when it comes to to new things yeah exactly and, uh, you know, so I have been accused of being a hipster before yeah um, I think it might have to do with the glasses mostly by squares yeah uh, <laughs> so I don't mind yeah but, but you're right um, when it comes to and these are marketing terms early adopters and then early majority and the early yeah. majority comes is when it's about uh, when something's a little bit more approachable mm. Well, everyone else can kind of get into it, so yeah, and it was, um, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's nice to have that feeling when you're like, Oh, I can actually be part of this club, I thought this wasn't me, um, yeah, so I can appreciate that. Yeah, um, I think that we should move on to the second beer, yeah. Um, now we're, we're at Taproom SE8 in Deptford, um, for stuff, so uh, Andy's just getting up, he's gone to the bar, and he's he's directed Toby the barman towards the beer that he's brought today and when he comes back to the table uh, 
I'm, I'm going to pour the beer and I'm going to ask Andy to describe what beer he's brought today. Over to you, Andy. Um, yeah, so you're going to take away the can that's got all the information on the beer. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, yeah, so this is a beer by Two Earl, um, who are from Copenhagen. Um, and like I said, Copenhagen is really, it's a city that's really close to my heart. Um, and I really enjoy, um, it's just an incredible place. Um, and Two Earl are a gypsy brewery from uh, Copenhagen. Um, and this particular beer, which I thought was just like, um, it was really interesting. Um, firstly, it, it, it struck me, I was in Mother Kelly's in Vauxhall earlier today, picking a, picking a beer for today. Um, and it, the, the design just like struck me straight away because it's absolutely beautiful. And it's like, it's simple. It's just like um, sort of white paint brushes over like a black background. But it just kind of. So it, it, it just, what's the name of the beer? But that's it. So, <laughs> so the name of the beer is. Um, it's part of a series that they do. Um, it's called uh, "Dangerously Close to Stupid Amount of Kiwi," and you're a kiwi, so I thought it was appropriate to bring it. Yeah, it's very helpful. Beer. Um, I just want to direct uh, listeners to look up this beer. It is. There's nothing simple about the design. I mean, it's it's got very few colours, but it, it looks quite complicated. Yeah, that's kind of what I like about it. Uh, so it's almost like a dark canvas, almost black with uh, white paint smushed around on it. Yeah, well, it looks quite looks interesting, and that's certainly what would attract my eye to this particular beer. And what type of beer is it? Um, so this is an imperial IPA. So um, obviously it's a, it's a style that's quite you know popular at the moment, mm. um, and it's a fantastic style. But uh, yes, it sits at like nine. I think it's like nine point six percent. When it comes um, to imperial, for some reason, I always think of Star Wars. <laughs> and um, England, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of empires, empires, yeah. And um, what makes a beer um, imperial is it mostly the ABV? Yeah, so I think it's um, yeah, just extra strong um, in terms of ABV. Um, but uh, I mean, you hear a lot of um, you hear a lot about sort of like double IPAs and imperial IPAs at the moment, or triple IPAs even. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it just kind of refers to double IPAs generally refer to kind of like double the amount of ingredients and ABV. You sound like a like a real technical guy. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to describe what we can see. Is that it's a personal? I've never tasted this beer before. It's um, a little bit hazy. It's um, somewhere between a kind of straw and amber colour. It's uh, got a little bit of head that's just dissipated now. And, I'm just gonna sniff it. Yeah. I don't know if you can if you can detect this through your ears. But um it's got a nice little resin to it. Yeah. I don't know what I'm <laughs> it, it's quite it's like sweets. Yeah. It's very sweet. Yeah. It's very it's I can definitely taste that there's a stupid amount of... Yeah, it's an amazing hop character, but it's very sweet. Yeah. Um, almost like a kind of apricot fizzy lolly. Yeah. Oh, sorry, uh, sweet. Uh, oh. Not a lolly. I, I, New Zealanders call them lollies. Yeah, I, uh, I think you're referring to an ice cream stick. Yeah. When you say lolly. No, we just call uh, sweets lollies. Um, yeah, it tastes like an apricot kind of fizzy lolly, a fizzy sweet... Or candy, uh, whatever you can call up. You can, you can. 
Sweet's good. You'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, like, one of the things that... It wasn't that I've tasted this beer before. Um, it wasn't anything to do with the actual beer, but I just know that Two Earl um, produced some incredible beers. They produce most of the beers um, in Belgium. Um, yeah. And um, sort of gypsy around as well. That is absolutely lovely and um, very offensive use of the term gypsy, which I, <laughs> I don't really mind. Um, but... Uh, my question's for you about this beer. Yeah. Uh, what would you pair this beer with? Oh, um... So, it tastes, it tastes like candy and sweets and that yeah. kind of thing. Um, I think I would go with something like, um... Like a lemon meringue tart. Damn, that's a good... Or a cheesecake, maybe? Yeah, like a, a cheesecake? Yeah, I think a cheesecake would a, work as well. A cheesecake with a nice kind of, like, a maybe a passion fruit? Yeah. Sort of situation. Yeah, I think it would work. Like because you got these. Um, firstly, the hops are like um, uh, amazing. Um, yeah. And bringing like sort of loads of like tropical aromas to them, but then mm. um, the the kiwi in the beer itself, I think, just brings so much flavour as well and sweetness. That I like. I kind of want something that's going to cut through that sweetness, which I think the lemon will do. Yeah, almost like. A- a bit of fish a fish would yeah a, a fish and chips would go quite beautifully <laughs> with it um mm. alright and um while we're on the subject of beer pairing um what kind of beer would you pair with a romantic night of seduction so let me paint a little scenario for you alright alright it's uh it's valentine's day and yeah you and your scandinavian uh love interest uh, just <laughs> having a, a night at home and um, you've, you've been preparing the home and yeah, you're in the living room and, and no one else is there and you're waiting for her to come come back from work the heating's on to just right you've led the the rose petals from the front door to the to the little spot by the fireplace you're making me out to sound way more romantic than I am. And uh, you've got a lovely cheese board there. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got some biltong, because I know you love that. Yeah. And you're, you've got the, uh, the TV playing with your VHS from the 2007 Rugby World Cup of South Africa's win over England. <laughs> uh, and just as uh, your lovely girlfriend's about to come in the door you're about to crack open some beers uh, what would you pair with that situation to, to just bring it to the next level that is a great question and great, like yeah fantastically illustrated um, I think that I would go for something like mm, hop stuff four hour session yeah there we go because yeah. yeah four hour sessions <laughs> what we're building up for <laughs> well that's a pretty grotesque answer but um I want to yeah. argue I want to argue with that um yeah. I um yeah I think something like 60 minute IPA <laughs> because because and the re- <laughs> and the reason is I know my girlfriend very well obviously believe it or not <laughs> and uh, she doesn't like beers that are too challenging I feel like yeah. Okay, so for our session would also be quite good. Our, yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> oh, 
or or a sixty minute IPA. Um, depending depending on your ambition for the night, yeah. I suppose. Well, I, I mean, I can't get sixty minute IPAs, so I reckon four hour session. Yeah, good, good option. <laughs> Um, I've really only got one last question for you this evening and that is um, what character played by Daniel Day-Lewis would you most likely have to have a beer with? I'm going to go with the controversial one which was um, his character in There Will Be Blood. Ah uh, yes, ah uh, yes. Um, tell, me, tell me more about that character. <laughs> I don't actually know what his name was but it was. I remember watching the film and thinking this guy is incredibly ambitious to start drilling oil for oil and he goes through so much incredible loss with his son but then the intensity of his character is just I think you could sit down with that person that that character for about a week and just ask questions I don't think you'll get many answers but I think it's just incredibly I think like yeah the, the ambition strikes me and like the, the ability to just keep going those are those are lofty and uh, fair reasons to have a beer with someone I'd yeah. probably I'd prefer someone a little bit more social I really like Bill the Butcher uh, from Gangs of New York he seems like a fun guy I mean, it, no, I, I'd rather have uh, so, you should see that film yeah. I'd rather have a beer with him he seems like a peop, you know, man of the people yeah and um well, both characters are likely to be aggressive, antisocial, and potentially harm me. But <laughs> Bill the Butcher, um, at least he'd do it in a, in a fun way. Yeah. I, I think uh, the I can't remember the name of the character from uh, There Will Be Blood either. But I mean, it's controversial because I yeah I confronted you about it earlier. And I was like, <laughs> sure, he seems quite quite antisocial and violent. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have. Um, I think Abe Lincoln as well. Um, would have been really interesting because obviously the type of president he was yeah that would have been a better answer but it's too late now yeah anyway we'll uh, <laughs> we'll try to wrap it up now uh, thank you very much Andy for coming along uh, you didn't have to come along to the beautiful taproom SE8 in Deptford Market Yard but you did yeah and I'm, I'm very glad, happy that it yeah I'm glad that you did and you can find Andy's sultry tones on the Craftwork podcast I've got yeah. quite a few up on um, SoundCloud iTunes and pretty much everywhere you can just pretty much google craft work it's spelled the normal way not like the yeah, band not like the German band and um, Andy's going to have another podcast coming soon and Hop Stuff will be yeah. sure to pro- help promote Andy with this as well um, of course you can find Hop Stuff and uh, Hop Stuff's Tap Rooms Tap Room SE8 and Tap Room SE18 on Instagram um, Facebook and Twitter but mostly on Instagram let's face it and uh, one thing that we're going to do with these podcasts is have a free pint saying so if you've bothered to listen all the way through uh, to this stage um, thank you and we apologise uh, but if you come up to the bar and ask for a free pint from the podcast with the word frothy then we will be happy to do that up until the end of March so uh, yeah frothy is the secret word frothy and if you come up to one of the bars at Taproom SE8 or SE18 uh, then we'll help you out with that so thanks a lot for bearing with us and uh, you can bear with me again very shortly thank you very much Andy thank you cheers